but I didn't write it down, so I'm not going to try. I'm not going to try and fake it. <laughs> Is that my job then? Hello, and welcome to Filling in the Gaps. I'm Justin. And I'm Darren. And today we're going to discuss a movie from 2007 called Time Crimes. It is a Spanish-speaking movie. We're not going to attempt the Spanish title because I forgot to write it down, and uh, I don't want you to attempt it. Uh, It's written and directed by Nacho Vigalando. This is also the actor who, in the movie, will play the scientist. As far as scores... And this is probably something I'm going to bring up towards the end of the episode. It has fairly decent scores, actually. It's got a Metacritic of 68, IMDb, it's like 7.2. Rotten Tomatoes, now remember, basically just goes by whether or not people gave it a positive versus negative review. But the critics, it's like 89%. Yeah, so... And the audience is 79%. Like, these are pretty high numbers, to be honest. And having watched it twice, I'm a bit shocked by that, but we'll get into that. And I feel a bit bad because I feel, is this the third one in a row where I've been like, oh, I'm not really into this? Uh, I feel, well, as far as movies. No, we did Circle last time and you liked that. Oh, that's true. Okay. So it just, it feels like I've had a long run of complaining on the podcast yeah. about movies that I'm not happy with. That's why I'm here. Yeah. Because <laughs> I like this movie. I guess. Though originally, I mean, that was kind of our intent, but... <laughs> I don't know. I think that we've we've started to try to make this a more positive <laughs> experience for people and talking about positive things. So I just lately feel like, oh, I've been a bit of a grump on the podcast, <laughs> at least when it comes to movies. It's not a terrible movie, though. It's not a bad movie. You know, it's... It's not, though. It's just not... To me, it doesn't feel very original. It's, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's not very clever for the most part. If you were to break this down into three acts, and I think I can still talk about this in our spoiler-free section. If you were to break it down into three acts, I found the first act somewhat interesting. Even the worst movie dealing with time travel, I'm going to be hooked in for maybe the first third of the movie where I'm trying to figure out what is the setup and what's going on. Yeah. The second act in this one, to me, was abysmal. That's where I'm going to be the, my most negative, I believe. The third act kind of brings it in, but it feels to me like a little bit too little, too late, and has already been hindered by the second act. So if you haven't watched Time Crimes, I don't think we really need to talk about it too much in this section. It's a movie that deals with time travel. If you're interested in that, give it a try. And there's not a lot of decent time travel movies anyway, as it is. So it's like, if you want to watch a time travel movie... It's not a terrible option to watch, I would say, at least. I'd also say that it's good to see occasionally movies that aren't English only. Maybe this is one of the reasons why I like this so much as well, is because I find that when I'm watching foreign films and you have to watch, you have to read the subtitles, you're drawn to the screen more, and time seems to fly quicker for me when I'm reading subtitles. And so this movie seemed quite short, and I got through it with no problems. And it also increased a lot of the tension. Because there's some pretty creepy parts in this movie. We'll get to that when we talk about it soon. But when you can't look away because you have to read the subtitles, it adds tension. Like when I watched 
we've talked about it before, like REC, when I watched Wreck, the Portuguese movie. That was terrifying for me because I wasn't allowed to look away, you know. I was, and that is, a, well, that, to me, that's a scary movie. Yeah, foreign movies are good. Watch them. <laughs> Watch Raw. There you go. Oh, very true. Yeah. But that has nothing to do with time travel, but it is definitely an interesting movie. Yeah. But it's very much earned its rating. So Raw is going to be a hard R. You shouldn't watch that if you're sensitive to stuff. Yeah, it's pretty disturbing in points. Yeah. For Time Crimes, I was wondering, like, yeah, it's got good ratings, and that kind of just washed over me. I was like, yeah, because it's not a bad film. But yeah, I wonder, compared to other movies, like, how did it fare? How does that percentage stack up against, like, Primer, for example? Where does Primer fall in? Um, because if Primer gets, like, a an 80 or a, a 7.8 or whatever it was on, on IMDb, then they need to look at their system because it's broken. Well, my personal opinion is most of them are broken in a way, yeah. but uh, I don't know. I don't want to get into that now because that, that would be my whole hour. <laughs> <laughs> so that's about it for the spoiler-free section. It is a time travel movie. It is Spanish, if that's interesting to you. It is independent. Again, another one that's clearly got to be low budget, but done well like it doesn't look low budget because it's been thought out. And there's a lot of those kinds of things I can say are good about the movie. It's just the story itself doesn't quite work for me. Give it a try if you haven't, but beware. Darren kind of likes it. I kind of don't. Welcome to the spoiler section. We are going to talk about this movie, as I said, in three acts. Now that you are in the spoiler section, we can talk about the fact that there are three sort of timelines that all go on to the, the same few hours of movie time, essentially. So there's Hector 1, Hector 2, and Hector 3. And I really appreciate the fact that they named themselves that. It makes it very easy to talk about. Yeah in a way that most time travel movies don't do and become just more confusing as you try to describe them. As our listeners probably know from other movies we've tried to describe. Triangle. So let's talk about this movie. At the beginning, I don't know, your your notes are about one page. Three. Are there three? I've got got, got two and a half, two and a bit. (laughs) Yeah. I've I've (laughs) double-spaced. Yeah, I've also got, I've only got about two pages, which for me is pretty small. I feel like there's not as much going on here. I almost thought about coming in without notes at all because, I don't know, I just feel like there's not that much to this movie. I think if this had been the first time travel movie I'd ever seen, then it would have been astounding. It would have been really interesting. But this is one of my go-to genres. So it just kind of surprised me that it's taken me this long to actually see it. I've seen this movie come up in list after list about puzzling movies, mind-bending movies, and, you know, just time travel movies in general. Did this come up on our group yeah, page so, as well? Yes, yeah, uh, someone um, posted this, that this would be one to watch. And so when I saw that, I went, yeah, I definitely need to because it keeps coming up on these lists. And I do think that that's part of the problem, is it's got this hype. It's always around. People are always hinting that this is one that's worth seeing. But after having seen it, I'm... But, I mean, when it comes up on lists of time travel movies that you should watch, that list is short, you know? I mean, can you... Na- I can't even name five time travel movies. Okay, Back to the Future 1, 2, and 3, there's three. <laughs> but, I mean, okay, so if you just... Back to the Future, Primer, Predestination, well, what, what else is there? Like, 
like good time travel movies. <laughs> well, there's about time. There's butterfly uh, effect. Okay, butterfly effect. Yeah. Okay, I haven't seen about time. Oh, have you not yet? No. Okay. So butterfly effect. Yeah. Well, no, but I mean, I'm just saying, if you you can't rack them off, like you can't, I I can't rattle them off. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you ten time travel movies, man. No way. All right, we're not going to do this now. <laughs> but I can guarantee you that I could come up with ten, and you go, "Oh yeah, I have seen that. Oh yeah, I have seen that." Like surprisingly, not seen about time, but yeah. Otherwise, I'm was it good? sure that I just I just listed as one when you were seeing. Yes, you should see that one. Yeah. All right, the movie. The movie wastes time for about a minute and forty eight because we just get a shot of oh the supermarket, the oh. supermarket kind of, and the. Just shots from the road as the car is traveling. I didn't understand that. In a movie, things happen for a reason, usually because you've got 90 minutes to make something happen. What was the point of all the stuff falling out the back of his car? <laughs> I have I have a theory on that Okay. One because as we see him pulling up, we see that the stuff has fallen out into the driveway and the door is kind of not even completely open, I think, as we pull up to it. So he's opened the door as he was driving through the driveway. So my thought is this is either meant to tell us that he's bad at planning, he's just stupid, or he tries to do things too quickly. He jumps ahead without thinking. Um, okay, makes sense. But it's not a great way of doing it because we don't know what actually happened. We don't know if he did this on purpose. If the door is somehow faulty, it's just weird. Yeah, I mean, it, it was almost like a comedy. Like, it set him up to be like a bumbling idiot for me. That's how I saw it. Because even when he gets out, he picks up the really large thing first, puts something on top of that, and then goes to pick up something, and then it falls back off the top of it. Oh, this is like a Laurel and Hardy bit. It was odd to me. I agree. I don't like it. I think that it sets a bad tone for the movie. But... If we're trying to prove that he's not the smartest person, okay, I guess. But there are a lot of little things. But he that... is quite smart later on. That's the whole point. I he, don't he... think so. Let, we'll get we'll get to that later. I do. I disagree with that. But we'll we'll get to that. So in the house, they're clearly just moving in. There's plastic everywhere, boxes everywhere. I assume it's probably a new house. I don't imagine there'd be plastic everywhere like this. Otherwise, painting maybe, maybe a total renovation, something. He's bought a table and fertilizer for who I assume is his wife, Clara. He tries to take a nap. He can't. He gets out his binoculars. And here's an important thing. He answers a mysterious call. He tries to call back. He leaves a message, drops the phone. It records for a long time, even after Clara comes in and talks. He lies about having slept. And... Well, she starts to get a bit passionate, and I think that's when he finds the phone and turns it off. This leads to later where they argue about dinner. Neither one of them, I think, wants to go into town, and they make a bet. If this table she's put together doesn't fit in the door, then she will go for dinner. Okay, here's a tiny detail about a tiny table that I think is so major and stupid that I can't get past it. Does that... Bother you as well, or the am table? I the only one? Yeah. You understand their bet, right? The bet was, he said, she wants him to go into town, and he says that that table's not going to fit. So she says, yeah, it does. He says, if it doesn't fit, then I'm not going. Yeah? Is right. It? Yeah. 
But you saw the size of the table. Oh, yeah. It's, it's. What door does that table not go into? <laughs> Maybe she was trying to put it in like long ways like this, you know, like flat. Yeah. But I mean, if you're going to pick it up and just turn it around, that would go in almost any door. Yeah, I could that, fit that, that, that in would, a closet. It would go through the letterbox, you know, that, that table. I mean, it's a coffee table. It's tiny. So I don't understand that. If they had made the table big, okay, I could kind of understand. And we saw a scene of them trying to carry the table in and it doesn't fit. Or an awkward Or the tiniest or door of all Maybe time. Spain has really small doors. <laughs> Not in this house. I mean, this house no, is huge. It's, it's a big house. Yeah. So I, I can't get past that detail because it just seems so stupid. Yeah, I didn't think about it too much, man, but yeah. <laughs> you get hung up on really small details, man. <laughs> it's a small table. I know, but who cares? <laughs> because the whole premise is if the table would have gone in, none of this would have happened. Yeah. So it makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. It makes just, I mean, this is one of those times where we were talking about time travel and trying to change the past. And the thing is, you don't really have to because that table fits. <laughs> <laughs> Movie's over. <laughs> As she's apparently trying to get the table in through the door, which, again, bothers me because later the table is in the house. Yeah. So clearly it does fit in the door. It fits in somewhere. Yeah. (sighs) For a movie that's so good about the continuity with all the details when it comes to the time travel, it's so rubbish when it comes to this table (laughs) that is so key and we see so many times. Anyway. Maybe she put it in through the window or something later. <laughs> Maybe okay. Um, <laughs> you can fill in the gaps there. She put it in through a window. Yeah. Another important time element here. Hector is looking through his binoculars. He sees something red in the bush. He gives Clara the binoculars. She doesn't see whatever it is. And then when she's off trying to put the table inside, he's watching as a woman is taking off her shirt. Clara says she lost the bet and. Drives off, so Hector goes exploring. As you, as you do? Yeah, but apparently towards the naked woman. I don't know exactly what he's expecting. To see more naked women, man. <laughs> I, I, I guess. That's all I took from that. Is like, I mean, that's why he didn't want to go in the first place as far as I'm concerned. Like, no, man, you go, you go shopping. I got boobs to watch. No, because they made the bet before that even happened. Did they? Yes. He barely noticed something red in the from her red pants. He didn't even see that it was a person. Okay. I thought he'd seen her definitely take off her shirt. No, this then... is after. And that's why when Clara comes up for the keys, he acts a bit guilty. Because he's seen that, but he's not telling her that. Uh, right, okay. That's, 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 why, that's how it works, yeah. On the way, exploring, he notices the kind of upturned... Dumpster. Uh, dumpster and... A bicycle is on the ground. Then he sees the clothes, like her clothes. I, I'm going to call her the the bike woman. She is lying naked. And see, this is where I think he's just not very intelligent. Because what does he do to try to get her attention? He throws sticks <laughs> at her clothes and then near her. He notices her necklace, which will be important later. But... He's just not smart, and he doesn't make good plans. I don't understand why he's here. I don't understand what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, this whole part seems a bit odd to me because it's like, you know, you're married, you saw some boobs, and he's like, I'm off into the forest to find more boobs. Yeah, it's a bit creepy, and 
sleazy, sleazy. It's not. He's not setting this guy up to be a good guy. What I meant before when he's smart is like he solves it. He's uh, on well, the ball later for stuff. All right, but we'll, we'll get that's that's clearly for a long time yet, right? Yeah. Okay, so he gets stabbed in the arm by a man with bandages on his head. Dark man. <laughs> I did think that too. Right? <laughs> he's set up very much to look like that. So Hector runs. He sees the bandage man looking for him, but it's really weird. He's got his hands up as though he's looking through binoculars, but he's not. Yeah, that bit really creeped me out, man. It creeped me out a little bit, but I was more just perplexed by it. And later it feels a bit laughably bad, but we'll we'll get to that when when the time comes. I didn't understand why he was making this expression, and I still still don't know. It's a bit confusing. I don't know if he's trying to hold open the bandages to see through or... No, I don't think so. You don't think so? Because he's got that whole dramatic thing where he's like, uh, turn around. Oh, yeah, well, but... You know? I, okay, we'll, we'll save that for later. Hector falls climbing over the fence where he, I assume, hurts himself even a bit more. He runs up to a building and, again, he doesn't even try to find a door. He just <laughs> throws a rock through the glass. Throws a through it, yeah. And here's niggling point number two. Why is everything so easily bleeped? breakable in this universe that rock and the way he threw it maybe would crack the glass i don't think it would shatter it like it did that just seems <laughs> insane to me so at first i thought he was just trying to throw the rock as though to get attention though he could easily just knock, knock. on the glass mm. but i don't i just don't understand hector and i think that's a, a big part of why i don't like this movie he enters the room he sees, and I've seen it in your notes as well, mm. the picture drawn on the wall, which to me was clearly some sort of time map. Mm. And I think to anyone who's watched time travel movies, it's so obvious. So just personally, just a little annoyed we spend so much time looking at it and they have to zoom in on it so much. We're going to focus on it later. I think this is one of those times where it'd be better to hint at it Mm. and then show it to us later instead of him really focused on it. If you walked into the room and you saw that picture, would you want to spend a lot of time looking at it, or would it even really draw your attention? An arrow with two X's on it. Mm, Let me ponder this. Yeah. Seems kind of pointless in real life. The calendar on the other side was more important, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) It's September. Yeah, I was confused by this point, because I was like, where is he? He's in the country, but all of these locations seem... Very close together. And I don't know if that's because they didn't show the time of walking or going from A to B. But Because I, I thought, wait, is this his house? It doesn't look like his house. And I thought, obviously, you would just run home. Like, he ran to the woods to find this woman. This would be him running home. But instead of running home, he runs into someone else's house almost. It's, it's like everything's too close together for living in the countryside. You know what I mean? I don't understand why he doesn't run home. I thought he was running home. That's why I was confused when he got here, because I was like, his house looks different. Oh, this is maybe where the time travel weirdness is coming into it. I saw the fence, and again, he has a fence. Yes. So I was also a bit confused. I didn't think it was his house, but I was just confused, why didn't you go home? So at the fence, I wasn't sure, but when he got to the building, I went, well, this is definitely not his house. Mm -hmm. But I was confused as to why he would go there instead of run home. Yeah. Unless he gets, unless it is a new house and he's lost. Maybe. Maybe he just, he was scared he ran in the wrong direction and this is somewhere else. But I think that that needs to be explained. Otherwise, it, it does makes, to me. It makes zero sense as to why he would run 
to this place. A stranger's house and then smash their window. <laughs> I don't have a problem with it being in the country and things being close-ish. Yeah. I mean, he could see elements of this building through his binoculars. And I don't think these are the most amazing binoculars. So they were close enough. These three elements, the, I guess, park or empty forest area, the lab and his house, they could be close-ish together. I don't have a problem with that, but I don't understand this. Go home. You have a phone there. You probably have bandages there. You have a fence. I, I just don't understand why he would run off in a totally random direction. He enters the actual lab where computers are running, and he... Lots of maths on the wall. Yeah. The song Picture of You by Blondie is playing. We're going to hear this four times total, I think. Uh, we hear, like, one for every time, and then also in the end credits, as though we haven't heard it enough. <laughs> Maybe this is one of those times where they got the rights to it, and didn't really have the money for rights for more songs, so... Just milk it to death. <laughs> he bandages his arm with stuff that he finds. Key element here, he picks up a walkie-talkie and talks to the scientist who encourages him to hide and then to kind of run to him. He'll eventually also convince him to hide in the tank after... Which I, I don't think Hector really wanted to do, but... After he sees the man in the bandages outside the window, he jumps in. And despite the scientist saying he's going to climb into the tank as well, he doesn't. Which, of course he wouldn't. There's no way to get out once you're in. Which I think is a fatal flaw in the tank itself. Because I feel like there should always be an emergency a exit. A kill switch. But yeah, even that part when he's running up to the house. like There's a guy after you with freaky bandages and he's just stabbed you. He just casually walks out of the house. Like, run, man, run. Like, what are you doing? He doesn't run until the scientist says, run. Yeah. But all those times, he's like, do, do, do. Just walking. <laughs> where is he now? Oh, he's, he's going into the house. Oh, where is he now? Oh, he's, he's coming out. He's going onto the path. Oh, he's, he's in a car. Run. They're like, oh, yeah, I should run now. No, no, no. You should have been running as soon as you stepped out of that house, man. What an idiot. Again, I don't think he's very smart. No, no, he's not. But he solves problems at the end. Like a genius. He's like Sherlock at the end. That's that's what it just doesn't make sense. Okay. So at this point, we're now in what I'm going to label as Hector 2. Hector 2 gets out of the tank. It's now daytime. So we know that something has happened because only seconds have passed. I will say this. Having watched it a second time, there is a hand in the background. Yeah. When I talk about the continuity, this is one of those moments where they thought it out ahead of time. There it is. The hand is there where Hector 3 is hiding. Very Gravity Falls. Have you seen... Not yet. Have you, you not watched it yet? There are only so many hours in the day. <laughs> there, there's, a, there's a good bit. It's not. It's a, it's a running joke that they have. The scientist doesn't know what's going on, so Hector has to explain. He sees himself from earlier carrying down the table to Clara, having the talk in the garden. The scientist tries to explain to Hector that he only went a short time in the past, and he suggests waiting. So my biggest thing about this entire movie is why does he not just wait? Jesus, <laughs> man. Uh, yeah, this was the part of the movie that really annoyed me. Everything about Hector 2, every decision he makes, is so absolutely stupid that I cannot even... I know you're going to want to defend him in the end, but even then, the whole thing is ruined by the fact that he's just such an idiot this time around. 
All he had to do was sit in a room Shut for about two hours and everything would be fixed. Watch a movie called Time Crimes. <laughs> Just sit in this room. Watch this. And this isn't Spaceballs. They aren't <laughs> able to watch the movie as they're making it. Yeah, and I, I even wrote down in the, in my notes here as well, like, the scientist guy, I, I'm sorry, I would not leave him there just to roam freely around, like, in, in, a, in a scientific facility. Oh, yeah, you know, there's coffee over there. Just don't leave, okay? Like, what? <laughs> no, tie him up and throw him in a... And then he does say later, oh, I can't tie you up and throw you in a basement. So they kind of covered what I was thinking about. But why not? Why not? The scientist does need to go to apparently fill the tank, which I don't understand because he just got out of the tank and there was stuff in it. Does the liquid go bad? See, this is another one of those details where I'm just confused. What do you have to do? What you have to do is just accept that that's how it works, I guess. Like, But the thing is, later, he basically runs the time travel machine twice. We know he's going to run it twice. And it takes no extra setup. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He he does, the, the, the whole filling up thing doesn't, or they don't show you him filling up again. I'm just baffled by that. But in this part, the scientist, he... T- draws that obvious time map to try and explain to Hector. He basically says, you know, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm going to get in trouble. Is the kind of implication? It's only Hector, I think, later who really says, you're going to get in trouble if people find out. I didn't really get that from what the scientist was saying. And even the second time around, I still don't quite understand that. So it just feels like maybe he was trying to hint at that fact and Hector caught on. But it doesn't quite work for me. I mean, I think at the end he says that he's going to get kicked off the project, basically. Well, he was already going to. He wasn't going to have clearance in six months when the machine was actually going to run for the first time. So Hector asks, why did you bother in the first place? But that's uh, into Hector 3. I don't understand at this point with Hector 2, he doesn't really say that. He doesn't really say, I'm going to get in trouble. He just says, normally people aren't here. I don't know. It's just not clear. And that's a big problem with this movie there are a lot of things that are just not clear let's talk about the fact that he says he'll fix it right he's basically like you you tell nobody what happened but he doesn't make it sound like it's because he's going to get in trouble he makes it sound like this is a secret project and nobody's supposed to know about it which is valid in and of itself I don't think yeah. we need this. You've built a time travel machine. Of course, it's going to be pretty secret. I don't think we need this extra, you're going to get in trouble with it business. Hector, of course, calls himself. This is the call he got earlier. And the scientist explains that Hector 2 can't get in the way of Hector 1 getting in the tank. And this is the key element for everything that Hector 2 does and probably what Hector 3 does. That everything he does has to encourage the previous Hector to get into the tank and go back in time. Because the first time I watched it, I was totally baffled by this because Hector clearly doesn't understand time travel. If he doesn't understand the very simple thing that he's looking at himself from about two hours ago, he doesn't understand anything about time travel. So it seems like Hector 2 is desperately trying to avoid a paradox, but that's not really what he's trying to do. He's still trying to encourage his previous self to get in the tank. So Perhaps there are other people out there who, like me, have watched it in the first time and went, why is he doing this? The scientist doesn't explain paradox. So that's not really important. But what is important is that he's trying to get Hector 1 into the tank. And I just feel like it's, it's really poorly done. We'll get into that. Yeah. Because 
Hector 2 at this point decides to steal a car and leave the compound. Yeah, which is why exactly why I would have tied him up in the first place. He sees the girl on the bike, or the woman on the bike, he pulls over, and at this point, key point, he gets hit by a van. And this causes his car to crash into a tree, he gets a bit bloody, so he takes now the bandage from his arm and puts it on his head. And the mixture of the white goo from the tank and his blood apparently is what made the bandage pink in uh, the first place. I, was, I wrote that down like, why is his blood pink? That's why they kept showing the white stuff dripping off, I think. Uh, Otherwise, there's no point to wasting our time with that dripping onto the floor. And was it really important anyway? Could they not just have made the blood red <laughs> instead of pink? They could have. And like the way that it was dripping onto the carpet, it was like the, almost like the alien slime, the xenomorph blood, like, you know, these big splotches of goo. I like, did have that thought as well, yeah. What, what's going on? That bit really confused me because I was like, oh, is it like, this is time's way of erasing people from existence. Something, something bad is going to happen. He's going to go nuts. He's going to like disintegrate or nope, nothing like that. Just pink blood. I don't really like this part. This is where things really start to fall apart. Even him leaving the compound. Okay. I guess it just doesn't make any sense to me. What he hates is he hates his previous self for existing essentially. And he wants to go to the house and talk to him or something, which honestly, would have been better than most of the stuff that happens. And that conversation probably would have been more interesting to me than most of what happens. But that's not what we get. We get Hector 2 deciding, now that I'm putting on the bandage, I realize I must be the bandage guy. I don't know how he necessarily put that together. And then decides he has to do everything exactly as it was done before. And this is what I don't like about this movie. This is what I don't like about other time travel movies like the movie called Paradox, where, I mean, we'll we'll get to this in a bit, but the thing is, everything has to happen the same, and I don't like that. I want to get to that in the end, because I think that that's the key reason why I still wanted, even though I don't really like this movie, why I wanted to talk about this movie. The woman on the bike comes to help him. She ends up giving him water helps wrap up his bandage so it won't fall off. And he steals her scissors and takes her into the woods along the way, grabbing the jacket from the knockdown dumpster and basically forcing her to take off her shirt so that Hector 1 will see it. And she tries to escape. They get in this chase and they fall down and are both hurt, but he's still conscious. So he takes her takes her clothes off, poses her in the position she was at when he had found her before. Yep. This is kind of important to a point I want to make Mm. later. Hector 2 stabs Hector 1. This is the part you were mentioning before. This is where he does his, what I refer to as, hand binoculars repeatedly. Yeah. And you said you didn't like this part. Well, one is he would know where he was hiding because he's done it before. But would you? Here's the thing. One thing Hector 2 does do well and even into Hector 3, is he has an amazing sense of time, remembering exactly what he was doing, what he had on him at given times. He does that very, very well. And so he remembers what he needs to do here with the hand binoculars. But I'm not sure if you'd remember exactly what tree you were standing by in the forest, especially if you were there for the first time. So my impression was he doesn't know exactly where, he doesn't know the exact second. So he's doing it over and over to make sure that it happens. Yep. Okay. Fair enough. 
but it looks stupid. Second, the second point is why would you do that in the first place? Because and this is this is no, but but here's the big thing. Here's the big thing. Everything has to happen exactly the same. So why does he do it? For now, he does it because he did it in the past. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. This leads into my huge problem at the end. But for now, let's just assume everything he's doing, he is doing because his past self, he noticed it. So he has to do it again. Okay. Still. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not, it's, no, no, it's not I, a good I don't, <laughs> I don't think it's a good decision. That's why I think everything Hector 2 does is really stupid, but it leads into the bigger problem later. The bike woman runs off. He finds her necklace and races towards his home. He basically kicks his own fence in to get in rather than walk around to what presumably would be a gate. I don't know if he has a remote that he needs to get into his gate, much like the compound. We haven't been shown that. Or maybe he's got a large property and there's no gate and he's got to walk all the way around to the front. Who knows? But it wasn't exactly a big fence. So he climbed over the barbed wire fence. Well, before. he fell. <laughs> maybe he didn't want to fall again. Again, the radio is playing, so Picture of You is playing here. He runs up the stairs, and he's hit with the table, which shatters on impact. Ikea. (laughs) Ikea makes better tables than this. (laughs) It falls apart just from basically being thrown. Not even being hit. Not not even really being thrown, more like being dropped, as we'll see later. It's just like, whoop. And this is what I mean. Why is everything so incredibly fragile? Why do you... Fence posts seem to fall down with two kicks. Yeah. It seems like everything is just not made well in this poor universe. He sees an open window and a ladder. He climbs out. He hears some running inside, so he runs back in. That's important because those elements will come up later. At another window, he basically... Well, he has to break in the door at one point. But then he sees another open window. He sees... Shoes up on the roof, he grabs, and she falls off. Yep. So we look down and we see the body. Broken neck. For me, even the first time, this was a bit poorly done. So we get a movie where a lot of the, the continuity is quite good. All they needed to do was give Clara these shoes and make us see that she's wearing these shoes because we paid a lot more attention to the woman on the bike. And I went, well, those are her shoes. Why was Clara wearing them? Or why is she wearing Clara's coat? I didn't understand what's going on at this point. So at this point, I think they expect everyone to have fallen for their bait and switch. But I didn't. And I think this is a big part of the reason why I didn't like this movie. So did you buy it the first time? Yeah. I think that that's a key element to whether or not you might like this movie. This, where Hector 2 has been stupid for half an hour, and now I don't understand why he's quite so upset that he's killed the woman he was chasing. Right. I don't know. I, so it didn't work for me. And so I think that's a big part of why it didn't work for me. Yeah, no, no. As far as I was concerned, it was his wife. Yeah. He basically returns to the silo, the lab oh. compound, after talking to the scientist on the walkie for a bit. And then he purposely peeks in the window to scare Hector 1 into getting into the tank. At this point, the scientist pulls the battery and kind of throws it out. And this is to stop Hector 2 going back in. The scientist said that Hector 3, yes, there's another one, already went back and failed. He told him he failed and that he was supposed to stop him. And he throws the walkie-talkie away as though that's going to stop it. 
Oh, well, he sent you a message on the walkie. Well, I'll throw mine away. Clearly, that'll stop everything from happening. Which to me is so stupid because everything that's happened in this whole second iteration is stuff that's happened before. And maybe he thinks it's happened because he's changed it, but mm. I'm a bit confused by that. We get a flashback here of a little bit of the scientists getting the tank ready and Hector 3 popping out of the tank. As we hear sirens in the distance, Hector 2 decides to get back in the tank. They've got the battery again. They found it. The one thing I will say is this is the one clever moment, I think, that Hector, throughout the whole movie, he's got maybe two, I think. This is one where he realizes that the scientist threw out the battery on purpose and that it could only be because he must have jumped in a third time. How did you know this happened already? It is one good moment I'll give him. And it's probably the only clever moment, I think, in Hector 2. Certainly hiding isn't his isn't his forte. Who hides like that behind something? That's the way you play hide-and-seek with your kid when you want them to find you. Keep in mind he's only got 30 seconds. But I mean, why would you put your hand outside, like, on the edge of something to hide? Like, it's so dumb. It's just for continuity. Hector 3. Let's get into Hector 3. Hector 3 is only really about 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. It seems longer, but it's not. And I think that this is a wise move, timing-wise, to not make us spend a whole lot of time on this. Hector 2 spends a lot of time. It just feels like ages long. We don't need that. Let's just get to the good parts. He gets out. He warns the scientists, even slaps him. And he then hides. As you say, he hides poorly. He says Hector 2 will explain everything, which is what happens. He takes the golf cart. The scientist turns his head to see him going, which they've smartly done in the earlier scene, if you go back and watch it, where it's just the close-up of the two of them talking. The scientist does turn his head weirdly, which I didn't understand the first time. Now I do. Mm. Hector 3 will take the van. He's going to try and run Hector off the road, which doesn't work. So I don't know why he's bothering to do it again. But again, let's stick with our rule here that everything that happened before must happen again. He basically, (laughs) he's the worst driver. He's a terrible driver. (laughs) He hits the dumpster and then just runs off the road, hurting himself even more. He's a mess, man. And then the walkie-talkie's right there where he radios the scientist says exactly what the scientist has referred to the conversation before. Don't let that guy get in. And Hector says, well, at least there'll be somebody to slap you around. (laughs) Hector blames all his problems on the scientist when really most of the problems, if I'm to be honest, are Hector's fault. Of course they are. He meets the woman on the bike. Well, she's not got her bike now, but he says that they're both running from the same person. He falls asleep, and she wakes him up, and they go to his house. But this is where you're going to say he's an amazing planner. And he's even said before that he's got some sort of plan. But he keeps trying to say, no, we shouldn't go in this house. We shouldn't go in this house. I don't think this is part of his plan. What I was referring to before was like his attention to detail. is like when he notices the battery is gone, and when he... When he's piecing the whole thing together, like he's going to come out at this time and do this and say this. So you his sense of time and where he was. Is <clears throat> he's not the bumbling astounding. idiot with the boot open to his car and dropping stuff like the comedy bit at the beginning. Is that's what I mean? They're, they're two different people. He, he's got an eye for detail, and he's not the Hector that we were introduced to at the start. Once in the house, for some reason, the woman from the forest, the the bike woman, and Hector part ways. Clara comes in. 
says that she's seen the man in the bandages, which of course is Hector too, and she's called the police. He basically takes her out, hides her in a storage room, and says, stay here. Which, he's lucky she listens unlike him. (laughs) Because that could have ruined everything. He puts up the ladder so that it's set as before. He opens the window because the window was open before. Picture of you starts to play. And at this point, Hector 2 is coming up the stairs and he just kind of drops the table on him, which is why I find it so laughable that the table should just splinter it in the way that it does. He meets up again with the bicycle woman. He gives her the red coat. He cuts her hair under the guise of saying this will help fool him, I guess, and then tells her to go to the attic. And just before she does, he says, you're beautiful. Why? Because he's a creep. No, I seriously, guess. he's a creep. I don't understand this. This bit of dialogue seems so unnecessary and weird. It almost seems as though he wants something nice to say about her before she dies. Yeah, he's And this is the only thing he can think of. Yeah, he's a creep and he's sending her off to her death and he knows it. He's, he's a terrible human being. He gets Clara out of storage. He sets up some chairs to look away from what's going to be the the murder, the falling. In fact, he grabs her wrist so she doesn't see, she doesn't turn. Thunder rumbles. He says, don't worry, it'll be a while until it rains. Of course, because he knows. And we pan over the house. We see the broken tiles and the broken body. And Hector 2 drive off. Picture view plays. End of movie. Yeah. I don't think it was his plan to do all of those things. I think he somewhat cleverly put it together in the moment, spur of the moment, which is fine. And it's a somewhat clever ending, but it doesn't, for me, take away all of the stupidity that Hector 2 set up. Yeah. Okay, so after the murder, or after after the accident, I should say, after the first accident, the first time we see the wife being thrown off the building. Well, like it's not the dropping wife. Dropping off the building. Yeah. Yeah. After we see that, I was like, oh, so this is where it's going to be like, he's going to obviously get back in the time machine. He's going to fix the wrong. So everything's going to go pear shape. But no, but I did think that this is the problem is there's no beginning to this movie. Yes. Okay. So are are we ready to get into that? Because that's my big thing. Yeah. Because this is where I've been leading. I don't know. Is there something else like good you want to say about the movie or something else maybe I forgot to cover that you really wanted to talk about? Because... This is going to be the next big thing, and this is probably going to take us away from really the movie itself. No, I mean, I'm yeah, ready to just to move on with that. Okay. This is exactly my problem with every one of this kind of time travel movie, wherein everything happens as has happened before. There's another movie from 2016 called Paradox, which has the same problem. And I'm going to say, if you like time crimes, go ahead and watch Paradox. If you like time travel movies at all, you'll probably enjoy it in some way. But if you don't like time crimes for this reason, this is probably the biggest reason why I don't like this kind of time travel movie, where everything has already happened. It is fatalistic. It takes free will out of the character. And it also seems to take free will out of everyone in the entire world. Because if this has been preordained, then so has everything else ever. For me, those things are linked. Those things are tied. And it makes zero sense to me that there would ever be a loop that's been set up this way that has to happen this way every time. And so this is a problem for me of time loops that work this way. Why would he have ever gotten in this tank the first time? He wouldn't have. He never would have seen himself. 
the woman never would have been in the forest. It shouldn't have happened. Yeah, exactly. Like the whole the, the forest part was where I was the the second time around when it's Hector two and the, with the forest lady. I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense because I was expecting something else. I was expecting the forest part to be a different thing, like maybe some creep that lives out in the forest doing that. And because you need that continuity thing for it to make sense, because if that's him, but no, 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 but. He wouldn't have been there. He, you can't have that. The, the movie has no beginning. Yeah. The forest lady part would never have happened. That, that's the, the glaring siren part for me that was like, okay, this movie's, it's missing a part and that's it. It has no start. And so you just have to accept that this is just a loop that's been going. And if it, okay, yeah, if it's been going forever and we're in loop 1000, fair enough, but it really doesn't matter because you still need loop one and loop one doesn't exist. That's the problem. Loop one does not exist. So fail. And so I can't really appreciate this movie. But I mean, is it possible? I mean, oh, no, no, it is possible, but... It is possible that there's some sort of weird chain of events that led to this becoming a permanent loop. That he somehow ended up in the tank through other means, and then this all happened. But we're not given that. We're given the loop as it's already established. His hand is poorly hidden, not hidden in the background as Hector 2 gets out of the tank. The scientist is looking back at Hector 3 driving off in the golf cart. We're giving way too many things to say these things have already happened. Yeah, these are all happening at the same time. So it's not like, yeah, it's not like Hector 1 lives his life and then slowly layers are being added of Hector 1, Hector 2, Hector 3. It's This is all happening in real time at the same time, which means we've not actually seen the beginning, pretty much. I'm like, well, I'd be right in saying that, yeah? I would agree, yeah. Yeah. So is it enough to make me hate the movie? No. I'm going to say just roll with it. It's it's fine, but don't think about it too much. But I I say I disagree with that though. I feel that there is this pushback against critics to say, "Well, you're thinking about it too much. You're looking too much for the problems." But this is not a small problem for me. This is a huge problem. If you want to say that our lives are preordained and everything is going to happen the way it's always happened, then okay. I don't like that. That's fine if that's what you're going for, but that's not really explained. That's not really part of this movie. Hmm. And so for me, that's not what you're really trying to say. You're saying that by accident. And without that first time, without that first loop that makes sense, the whole rest of the movie seems kind of pointless and stupid. So act one, I'm with you. But as soon as act two happened in this movie with Hector two just becoming so stupid and not trying in my opinion, to actually change anything, to just go, oh, well, I have to do everything exactly the same to get him there. It just feels pointless at that. Because the thing is, he doesn't even really seem to understand that that's why he should be doing that. Like, he's contacting himself. He's going back to his house. Why does he suddenly think, oh, no, but I have to keep everything the same? Like He even, at one point, I, I got the impression that he was going back to the house to possibly hurt his previous self. I thought so too, yeah. Which... Makes zero sense. And there's definitely a paradox that would happen. And I don't know what would happen. And I'd almost be, well, after watching this one, I'd almost rather see that movie. I mean, the thing is that I, the the thing that I thought about this was it's a popcorn time travel movie. You know, it's for, it's a time travel movie for people that don't want to get too serious. (laughs) Well, there's my problem is I'm always too serious. (laughs) But you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's very simple. It's an easy to watch time travel. It's like if you don't think about it too much. With yeah, it's a not. clever twist, if you didn't catch on to the fact yeah. that. And the thing is, I thought 
and maybe this would make more sense, but then it would kind of take away from this constant, you can't change anything loop. I thought it was his wife, and then he had cleverly swapped out his wife. I thought in the end, oh, you're not the creep kind of weird forest rapey guy. You actually saved your wife. Yes, you murdered someone else, but I thought Hector 2, sorry, Hector 3 had cleverly thought, okay, I did kill my wife in the first instance, but I'm going to set it up so that I use Bike Girl, disguise her, and fool Hector 2. And then I go back and I tell scientist guy, oh, it failed anyway, fooling him, not letting him in on my plan, and then I get to sit on my deck chair at the end and watch the whole failure behind me take place. That would make sense to me. I'm a bit upset that I have to go back and watch this. I do believe you, but if it is the bike woman from the first one, that kind of ruins it for me. You know what I mean? Like If he had fixed something and saved his wife's life, that would be awesome. I don't think that's what it is. So I would definitely... The shoes must be a giveaway, though. Because to me, it seems like it. But I could be wrong. Maybe Clara was wearing these shoes. We didn't focus on her shoes. So maybe she was. But my impression is no. Right. That it was the woman from the forest. It was always her. Yeah, that's that's a bit of a bummer. Because I thought it was pretty smart that way. Let's talk about one other thing that did bother me. I mean, the movie is called Time Crimes. What crimes are happening? Murder? Sexual assault? Yes. (laughs) But not until the second one. In the first one, what crime was going on? Outside of, I suppose, that guy was using the time machine when he shouldn't be. But that's more internal procedure. You shouldn't be doing it. I think what they're trying to say is we shouldn't mess with time travel at all. And that's the crime. Mm. But really, when you look at the first Hector one, he's not breaking a whole lot except for stupidity, trespassing and and breaking that window. So you could get him for breaking and entering. But Mm. he's not really doing much of anything else. I guess I'm just a bit irritated because time crimes is a fantastic name for him. And and now it's been used. (laughs) And now it's been used. It's like, oh, I'd rather time crimes be more. I think it would have been a better name for Minority Report than Minority Report, honestly. Yeah. But I, I just feel a bit disappointed that it wasn't more about using time travel to do crime. Yeah. Which seems a much more, again, interesting concept, fun concept than what we got. There was a good uh, 2000 AD comic strip. It was a future shock. And it was basically what I was thinking about when I was, when I heard the title of this, because there's a part where it's basically, it's a one page strip and it's about this guy and he's like a shady CIA guy, whatever. And he uses a time machine and he basically goes back and shoots JFK. And then he's like, and then I went back again and I shot him from a different angle. And then I went back again and I shot him from the grassy knoll. And then I went back again and shot him from the place. And so it's like all these, yeah, it's like how they explain the multiple things away. JFK died, but yeah, it was, a, it was the perfect time crime. One guy in five locations. Interesting. Yeah, but not this. <laughs> so, overall, I'm just not a big fan. I feel like there were times where I was meant to be fooled or I wasn't. I feel like the fatalistic nature of this and with there no being a logical first loop for us, that everything has already happened, it basically just takes all the fun and interest in the time travel aspect away from me and It's just not for me. I mean, I guess even if we did say, oh, Hector just stayed in one place and did nothing. I mean, that'd be a boring movie. That would be a boring movie. We watched him sit in a room for 30 minutes. Eating chips. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But again, I would like to have seen what happens like when the loop resets. Do they just disappear? Do they branch off into different timelines after that as Hector 1, 2, and 3 just live their separate lives in different universes? Or what actually happens 
if they never get in the tank. No, I mean if they do, and then after the after the kind of two hours, or whatever the, the scientist guy says, he has to wait. What what happens? Do they just disappear? Do they fade out of existence? Or all the Hectors? Where do they go? There isn't. I mean, it's not really Hector one, two, three. It's the same guy. So after that, like when he gets into the car and drives away at the end, is he just going to vanish, or is are they going? No, be- he gets back in the tank and he becomes Hector three. Ah, right. Yeah. yeah okay. This isn't the type where the time travel has spurred off multiple universes mm-hmm. or that by doing time travel they're actually going to another universe i've seen that done very cleverly in some uh, especially comedic short films on youtube mm-hmm. but i don't think that that's what's happening in this one at all i think that we're meant to believe that it is just the same physical person going back in time going back in time and we've seen everything that happens like we've said before like there's no change mm-hmm. everything happened exactly as it happened before so the only way to see what you want to see is if we did have an alternate timeline where they didn't get in the tank and they did continue on their life, mm. we don't get that. And also, how are they going to explain the body? Because the police are coming. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, we don't get that. I I don't know that I really wanted to spend more time <laughs> I mean, just to hear it, them explain it. But It's good where they ended it, to be honest. Where they ended the movie was fine. I didn't need more. I'm just thinking about it like, yeah, it's going to be a hard one to... They're going to have to essentially lie and say that she snuck onto the property and fell off. There was a broken table. There was a scuffle. Yeah, something. They've got no proof that he did anything. His fingerprints will be around, but he lives there. He lives there, yeah. So I think that's their best bet. But I also think at this point, his life is so messed up, and he's been through so much in the short time that maybe he's willing to go and sacrifice his life. I mean, essentially, he went back to sacrifice everything to make sure that his wife lived. So, But she didn't die in the first place. But he thought she did. And that's that's an important thing. Do you think if he realized, if he actually went to check the body, and it wasn't the wife, do you think he would have jumped a third time? Yeah, exactly. No, maybe. I don't think he would. That, the movie would be one hour long. Yeah. And, and he'd just have to try and explain it to the cops. But that, again, that's why I thought it, w- it would work well if it was his wife that died. He went back to fix it. Changed one detail. Substituted someone out for something else. The end. Yeah. Why is Hector such an idiot? <laughs> um, <laughs> the yeah. question of the day. But, I mean, that, that's the thing as well. Like, I mean... That's going to be the title of the YouTube. Be like, why is Hector an idiot? Why is Hector such an idiot? But again, it's like, I wrote down here, come on, dark man. You, 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 you're dressed like Scarecrow, chasing your wife through the house. What did you think was going to happen? Beating down the door, like he's not chasing his wife. No, he's not. Yeah, but at the time, you think he is. No, when he when he goes into the house. Yeah, I always thought he was chasing the woman from the bike. I thought he was after the the wife because he's trying to say, "Talk to me." That's who I thought he was trying to get in contact with his wife. No, I because he chases her into the attic. And he's knocking on the door and saying, I live here, that's my garden. He's not talking to his wife, he's talking to the woman from the bike. Oh, I thought he was talking to his wife because his wife didn't recognize him because he's dressed like a, a serial no, killer. because then he would say, like, it's Hector, mm. I'm your husband. He, I've been in an accident. He wouldn't say, I live here, that's my garden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dressed like a, like, you know, something, I was a hellraiser, come on. Well, but even, even that, I think dressing like that doesn't help you gain any any friends with the woman <laughs> on the bike either uh i did find the the cinematography in that bit when he's bumping the door and every time he bumps it the, the camera jerkily zooms in each time i was like it felt out of place to me do you know what i'm talking about? do you remember that part 
Yeah, it, it was weird because they hadn't really done anything like that, and all of a sudden it's like let's just throw in this. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna say is I, I just don't like it. I like it. It's not a bad movie. I don't feel bad for having sat down for ninety minutes to watch it. I certainly didn't waste my time watching it. I don't think I wouldn't watch it again. It's not the kind of movie that I'd be watching again to pick up on things that I'd missed the first time because you can get everything the first time. And even if you miss stuff like the shoes or the hand hiding, you get to see the hand and you get to see him swap the shoes anyway. So it's like, that's what I mean. It's a popcorn time travel movie. There's no thought required for this. It's quite simple. And for that, you know, it gets a, it gets a, a thumbs up from me just to, you know, something easy to watch and accessible, I guess, to people that don't want to really stress about time travel movies and think about what's happening. It's it's just an easy to watch I mean, movie. I'll give you that because most time travel movies do your head in. You basically have to watch them two to three times to understand what's really going on. Yeah. Like the, but the thing is, I just feel like this one, for me, is it has very good continuity as far as certain elements. The timing is right, but your main character is just so... Unlikable. Yes. In a way that he's not intelligent when it comes to common sense, but he is intelligent when it comes to remembering specific events and times. That's not enough. The fact that he loves his wife to go back and do this, to jump the third time, makes him somewhat more likable, but... But by murdering someone else in the process. Which is the problem, right? And again, my big problem, all of Hector 2. You fix that somehow, and then maybe he becomes likable. Maybe something works out better. But for me... I don't like Hector. I don't really like the scientist. I don't really like... Well, there's only four characters. I, say I don't like many people, but... Uh, don't like my wife. I have nothing against the women, but the two men in this are just so stupid when it comes to common sense that it makes the whole movie feel a bit flat. The fatalistic nature of everything is preordained just doesn't work for me. And honestly, I've seen it twice now. I don't think that I'll ever go back to it. Gaps filled and more gaps created. Next time. And today we're going to be discussing a game called Cube 2. Well, I didn't play... I still haven't played Cube 1 with the story mode. That's probably for the best. I will say I definitely thought that the puzzles overall were better in this one. In the fact that... There weren't the ones that seemed to bug out or do weird things like they did in Cube 1. I, I was didn't experience bugs, any of that. And I didn't find any this time. Yeah, Cube 1 was pretty bugged. But this one, they've ironed out the bugs. Eight or close to nine hours to finish it. And yet didn't find any hidden areas. But they obviously exist because there's achievements for them. There are a they're, few achievements They're, they're for very them. well hidden in that case. Welcome to Cube 2. Or, as I like to call it, those packages won't deliver themselves. <laughs> All this and more on the next episode of Filling in the Gaps. Now we talk about uh, actual good time movies. <laughs>